listening to the Sound Girls Podcast with Susan and Becky. This episode features an interview with Audrey Martinovich. You can find us on social media, Instagram, and Twitter at soundgirls.org, Facebook, Sound Girls, and the Sound Girls private page, and our website, soundgirls.org. Audrey is the co-owner of Audio for the Arts, a Wisconsin-based recording studio specializing in acoustic music. Audrey Martinovich is a trusted engineer and producer for artists in the Midwest and beyond. She became the first female contributor to Pro Tools Expert in 2017, and a year later was a finalist to receive the award for Breakthrough Studio Engineer from Pro Sound Europe. She has spoken and been on panels at Between the Waves Music Conferences, Empowering Women in Audio Clinics, and E-Women's Network. Audrey is a warm audio artist, member of Soundgirls, AES, and a voting member of the Recording Academy. Welcome to the podcast, Audrey. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Becky and Susan. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, it's so exciting. We are so happy that you're here. Uh, and it, I, I just remembered that you were from Wisconsin when she was reading that. And I grew up in Michigan and this time of year is <gasps> super cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually not super cold right now. Although yesterday we did get eight inches of snow or I guess Friday we got eight inches of snow overnight. And so yesterday I spent three hours just shoveling. And so I'm feeling Oof. that in the arms today. <laughs> Right? Get your workout yeah. in, though, a little bit. Yeah, don't have to go to the gym. It's all right. It'll snow in a couple of days. I'll probably be ready to go by then. So I uh, today we were talking about how much snow uh, they've been getting in, in the Northeast, and my fiancé said something about he was going to buy a snowblower, and I'm like, we have a leaf blower. Why can't you just use that? And he's yeah. like, oh, you don't know what a snowblower is. And I'm like, no, right. I'm from Florida. <laughs> So he's like, oh, nice. so he pulls up a picture and he explains to me how it works. And I was like, oh, yeah, a leaf blower is not going to cut it. That's <laughs> not going to work. I no. did not even, that's, I didn't even know people didn't know what those were. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. That's funny. I do now. Cool. There's well, a let's singer. talk to- Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there's a singer coming up this weekend to work with me from Alabama. And I gave her a heads up yesterday. I was like, I checked the weather. You're probably not going to run into any snow, but it is going to be negative six when you're here. So dress accordingly. I could lend you a jacket, like (laughs) whatever you need. She's like, I was complaining. Yeah, it's 60 degrees there right now. So don't know how to dress in that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I moved to Florida years ago and have since unthawed, and so I'll, it's 70 and I'm in a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to be. <laughs> yeah, but then the summer comes and it's like 100 degrees with yeah. 100% humidity and, and we're just miserable. So we get it too, yes. just on a different way. <laughs> <laughs> the other end of the spectrum. I'll take that all day. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> So, Audrey, how did you get your start in uh, in our biz here in audio world? Yeah, I was always drawn to music. So in high school and, I mean, even earlier than that, I was trying to be in every choir and every band. I played clarinet and then later bass clarinet. 
um, which was really fun for me because my brother was the other bass clarinet player. So it was the two of us just in band kind of goofing off during 48 measure rests and things like that. Um, but yeah, that was really my, my introduction to it. And um, initially, I thought I wanted to be a choir teacher because of my love of music, but I do love teaching. Um, I think that it helps me to just really know my stuff better if if I have to tell someone else how to do it. I don't want to teach anyone wrong. Right. So I, I've known that I've wanted to do that in some capacity, too. Um, and through, like, recording my own voice lessons and um, performances and stuff, I took a lot of, like, opera lessons. And that's a, a common technique we do is just record your own lessons and see how your diction's coming across and things like that. Um, and once I started doing that, it was kind of, you know, start worrying about how to make the recording sound good and less about how to make the singing sound as good. And um, you got bit I started, by the bug. <laughs> I got bit, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even know really like what was going to happen at that point. Like I, I, yeah. So I, I bought a microphone and. Um, a series of adapters to get it to plug into the eighth inch jack on my computer. <laughs> and it was like, why is this not? It's so quiet. It just does not, it sounds like crap. And, you know, um, and around that same time, I had graduated and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. I kind of started working retail and um, was watching this documentary about um, how kind of a live show comes together. And it was featuring Amanda Palmer, who I was just mm -hmm. in love with at the time, like, you know, good musical influence for me. And she mentioned how there was this part where she'd get to this end of a phrase and there was silence there and the sound designer would use some reverb to fill that silence. And I was like, well, what is a sound designer? I <laughs> don't know what this is and it sounds cool. And I have one microphone now, so I'm an engineer. And um, <laughs> that was, that was kind of the start of it. I, I, you know, I got to the Google machine and started Googling like wages and I'm like, is this a real job? I had never heard of this. My, my dad was like, you need to go for a business degree. So I got a <laughs> business degree in entertainment and media business and, cool. um, uh, you know, focused on engineering and uh, went to school for that kind of at the same time. And, uh, yeah, my last semester started interning at the studio I'm sitting in now. So that's awesome. Yeah. A little music all the way, but a bunch of different bouncing until I've kind of landed and got bit. <laughs> that's amazing. So how did you uh, break into that studio or get involved in the studio? Uh, yeah, my fourth semester, my fourth and final semester in college, I just, you know, I was like, all right, I got to start thinking about the next thing. I want to find a place that I might have the opportunity to work on music that I like. Um, so I started just searching around, seeing, you know, what's in my area. I hadn't even really done that before. I was just like, all right, I'm going to start learning how to engineer. I don't care if there's any recording <laughs> studios around. I didn't even look. Um, <laughs> and I started just kind of beginning my search and I found audio for the arts and, um, uh, the website 
like had a phone number that didn't even work and it was kind of you know <laughs> it seemed like a long shot to even like appear here um, but it just so happened that the same week I was looking they were looking for an intern and had reached out to my school and requested you know like send us four names of people that you know show up to their classes on time and <laughs> get their homework done and stuff like that uh, so yeah mine was one of them and I came in for an interview and uh, they liked that I have a classical music background from my opera days because this is a primarily acoustic and classical and jazz studio so cool. basically just showing up ready to learn and having a respect for classical music was what got me in the door here I think the match made in heaven it sounds like <laughs> yeah yeah I think so I mean it's been eight years now so I hope it's been good that's awesome <laughs> And you're co-owner of the studio now, correct? Yeah. About uh, three years ago, I became co-owner. Um, the previous owner who was here was a man named Steve Gotcher, and he was a really great mentor to me also. Um, but his first love is radio, so he went back to Wisconsin Public Radio. And uh, through him is really where I get this love of podcasts and radio shows and stuff, too. He's taught me all the weird patching and mix minuses and all of that stuff that you that you have to know to, to do it so um yeah now i own it along with buzz kemper who was the founder of the studio back in the early to mid 90s so he and i are the the two chief engineers and then we Very have cool. a couple of other like part-time people who are here too that's yeah. amazing uh, Thanks. What have you been doing kind of during COVID and all your downtime? I mean, is there? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, at first it was really scary. <laughs> um, I mean, as it was for everybody and it still is. Yeah. Um, but we, we, a big part of our business is uh, remote concert recording. So we're the, cool. we're pretty much the go-to studio for the orchestras and choirs in, I mean, really through the whole state. We focused, we're based out of Madison, but we travel up to Eau Claire and Appleton, which is like four hours north of here to record choirs and everybody. So um, in March, we saw the whole spring concert season just get wiped out. So that yeah. was like every weekend for March and April, all in like a week. And I was like, I don't even want to do the math on how many like thousands of dollars this is going to be like, I'm yeah. just going to ignore it. <laughs> um, so that was, that was really scary. But um, luckily for us about a year ago, uh, I guess about a year before the pandemic started, which has been a year now, um, we had started live streaming a mini concert series from our studio. So we got outfitted with cameras and lights cool. and the n necessary uh, you know, computer programs, uh, got vMix, got a special computer just for streaming. So we had all this infrastructure set up ahead of time, which was really, I think, what saved us because yeah. now that's exactly what we're doing most of the time is, is live streaming um, different events, um, putting together socially distant recordings that are audio and video and then making yep. a product out of it for, you know, Madison Opera, the uh, Madison Symphony, Wisconsin Chamber Orchestra, um, all of these groups, they still want to play music and people, yep. you know, now they're home and bored and they still want to listen to it. So it's just flipping the format. And I think we got lucky in the direction it went. Yeah. Good for you guys. That's a That's great awesome. pivot. <laughs> 
Thanks. Yeah, it's I mean, and I hope that it, it, you know, that we can continue to do live streaming and then, you know, maybe mix that with our concert recordings in the new world after all of this, because I I, anytime there's a musician here, they're so happy to be in the studio and to see other people and to play music. And I think people are really starved for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's your... yeah, I started to feel like I've stopped learning how to communicate with other humans in person. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel like that totally. awkward is. Like I don't know how to person anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny. I think everybody is that. Like um, we did this uh, uh, recording for uh, the university here, the UW Wisconsin uh, Jazz Composers Ensemble. So it's college students who write jazz and then they perform it together, usually. Um, so this semester, they've been writing together over Zoom and sending parts back and forth. And then for their like midterm or their final, they'll come into the studio and record all together. It's this really cool like workaround for them. Cool. Uh, but we did that for the last semester, and a lot of the students came in and they were like, "Well, I didn't realize you were that tall. <laughs> They'd never been in the same room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> everybody, you can only see everybody from the chest up. <laughs> right, yeah, like, oh my gosh, I, you know. <laughs> you have arms? What? <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> it's a whole a whole thing. <laughs> That's funny. I, I feel the same way. Like, if I see someone in person, I'm like, I want to stand and talk to you, but I don't want to stand too close, and then with the mask and this and that, you know. Yeah. But when you see them, you're like, I, like, I've never been an awkward person in front of people. I don't think so, but, I mean, it's never been awkward for me to talk to somebody. I guess I've probably been awkward, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I've never had that like wallflower thing in my life. And now I feel like I do because of all of this. And I'm like, this is so weird. Why am I it's, freaking out? Like, yeah, it's, so it's kind of weird. I, f- I feel like it's it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like I know somebody ahead of time through meeting in Zoom. And then it's you don't have to introduce yourself the first time you see someone. And that is kind of weird. Because right. like out of reflex, I'm just like, hi, I'm Audrey. Let's have a hug about it. And now we can't do any of that. <laughs> yeah. Super strange times we're in. <laughs> So uh, tell us a little bit about like your workflow when you have someone coming into the studio and and that kind of stuff for for other recording engineers that uh, that want to know and and are curious about such things as we are. Uh, I'm not a recording engineer, but I'm super curious about how you set up from like the beginning of your day and go through it. Sure. Yeah. So usually um, I'll get here and kind of figure out, like, you know, look at the calendar of who's coming in. Sometimes there will be, you know, one or two sessions in a day. And uh, from there, I'll just kind of plan the setup like, okay, session two needs drums, but drum mics is going to take me the longest to set up. And I have this block of time, you know, at the beginning of the day, that's kind of my drum mic set and get tones kind of time. Um, So, yeah, that's really how I start. I just try to get everything set up and line checked right away. Ideally, I will have uh, talked with the artist ahead of time to know what kind of sounds they want and have a good idea of if I'm just kind of sitting there and pressing the record button, like they want more of just an engineer or if they want someone to actually help them with producing. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're in the Midwest, that those two roles are, are pretty blended here. Um, sure. Just 
that's how budget is out here, you know? And so, but I also, I, I make sure I'm not, I'm not going to step on any toes. So I like to know where I'm, you know, sitting ahead of time. Um, and then, yeah, the artist will, will come in. I usually like to make them do at least three takes before they'll listen to it and um, decide, you know, if we're getting a good sound, everyone warmed up, shoot out some mics, try out a couple of different things. Um, it, it really depends, but the, the day tends to be more radio, podcast, audiobook production, and then the afternoon, evening hours tend to be the more music stuff. Cool. Yeah. And you, yeah. uh, I'm assuming because you're a Pro Tools expert, you do everything on Pro Tools? I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start calling I'm... you at like two in the morning when I mine crashes every time. You're like, will you help me? Oh man, I'll tell you, it's user error. That's what people always <laughs> tell me whenever I'm like, help, what happened? They're like, well, what did you do wrong? I'm like, uh, oh, okay. Now I know what I did wrong. <laughs> That's actually true on my end. It is definitely user error. I know. People I love to make fun time? of. Right. Yeah. If people love to make fun of Pro Tools for crashing and stuff, but it is always when you're doing something crazy. I'm mean, usually, of course, it does have issues, but yeah. yeah There's all, um, of, all of it does, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Susan and I There's started a, joking around last week about this being like Mondays being tech. Tech suck Monday is that what I called it? Yep. Yeah, oh. because it's like like you know we've been doing stuff all weekend and then you get on your laptops to try to do stuff on Mondays and it just all crashes and burns and I'm like Why? exactly it's because I'm tired yeah. from the weekend that's really what it is it's because it's a Monday and now you got to reset and it's like oh man <laughs> I got this email late on a Friday evening apparently. Um, Pro Tools uh, completely lost its licensing if you were using it through the cloud. And so, like, no one in the world was able to access it. And I thought that was really, really interesting. And I felt really oh my glad gosh. that I didn't have to use it. <gasps> I didn't even hear. Did that happen yesterday? It was on Friday. Like, um, and it was a worldwide oh out- outage. So, like, literally no one in the oh, world, if they were using an dang. iCloud server to access their license. Or not iCloud, <sighs> just cloud server. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Avid. My goodness. Come on, Avid. (laughs) I know. Well, now everyone has to just upgrade to the perpetual licenses. That's that's, that was the point. You know, it's very it's very Apple move. Like, here's (laughs) here's this technology, but you got to buy a thirty dollar dongle to get it to, you know, plug your headphones in. I was just going to say, wait, wait, Apple move it. And you did. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I was like, I upgraded my phone and now I can't log into anything. I'm just so messed yeah, up. I can't plug. I have one USB. What am I going to do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, what have, what has your experience been working in a studio with uh, any other you know women coming in? And is is it diversifying in Wisconsin at all, mm. or is, are you still yeah like the I, woman? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say on the tech side of it, um, there's there's a couple of women in Madison that I can think of that do this. Um, there was another studio owner, um, although she ended up closing her shop. It was a primarily, I think it was actually an only analog studio, and she just decided to change directions. But I always thought that was so cool that she had a, she, you know, the other female studio owner, and she yeah. was like two blocks away. Um, That's great. And, yeah, yeah, she was cool. 
Um, and then there's a tech person at WPR, but pretty much as far as the tech side, we're kind of the, the only women, uh, who do this, but I'm always trying to, to get other women to intern for me or to assist me or, yeah. or, you know, just get them in the door. Um, you know, I think even just in this industry, like if you know one person, that's, that can really, really open some doors. So I hope that, um, you know, any interns that I have that they do a good job, I'm happy to recommend them for whatever. Um, but on the artist side, it's, it's pretty, I would say a pretty 50, 50 split. Um, Madison is one of the like more populous areas of the state. It's the capital city. The university system is here. Um, so yeah, I mean, we do get a lot of traffic from the the camp campus system so just through that it, cool. it is it is pretty pretty diverse yeah i i like um i do get a lot of women who come in here and they are happy to see a female engineer just because like that is such a rarity but yeah. um yeah yeah a lot of men are happy too i suppose but not <laughs> quick to say something about it <laughs> yeah. well i mean no. you are the co-owner so they don't want to be awkward <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. Um, it's, you know, being a business owner, uh, like a female owned business, which I am and a woman owned business. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and the, the way people look at females a lot of time in our industries and then especially business owners is changing a little bit. But I had this discussion mm -hmm. with someone on Saturday that, um, this woman who's, she's a, a promoter here in Florida and she's talking to me and she goes, when I first met you, she goes, all the guys in the band were like, there's a woman running, running sound. There's a woman running sound. And she goes, because we, we had never had a woman sound engineer before. Yeah. She goes, it wasn't like a, like that was just their like, what is that? You know, kind of like, <laughs> I'm a unicorn or something. Like what is going on? Right, and, right. and I'm like, okay, that's fine. She goes, and I never said anything to you, but I kind of had that thought too. She said, and, and I was like, you know, I, I, I can get, I understand that thought. You know, I don't want mm -hmm. that thought to be there, but I understand it. It's there. Right. Yeah. You know, I, so I think it's, I think it's kind of the same thing as like when you walk into like a hospital room and you see a man and a woman, people just kind of naturally assume that the man is the doctor and the woman's the nurse. Right. Just that's the role society has had. So we're used to seeing that and that's where our defaults go to. Yeah. 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 So I'm glad that uh, we're changing it anyway, as much as we mm -hmm. can. And uh, then the end of her and I's conversation was, you know, she's like, after you mix sound for us, we were so happy. And we were like, we're yeah. now, she goes, now every time we go somewhere and there's a guy, we're always like, oh, we wish we had Becky. You know, it's like, Aww. that's good. Yay. I'm glad. You know, yeah. it was like fun to hear her say that. So I was like, that was super cool. But, but I said, I hope there's more people. And I know, and because of these interviews, we've, run into a lot more people that we know that that's happening. And uh, I was just wondering, is that happening in studios still too? Because I'm not in that world too often. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, th I think, I mean, it definitely is getting better. I do still get, uh, people thinking that I'm the intern. And I think Ugh. that that also has a lot to do with, but Buzz and I have a big age difference. So I, I, I think that based on that too, right. th that is really kind of another thing. Like, you know, he's been doing this for 40 years. So, um, you know, there, yeah, there's some of that bias, but I do enjoy, uh, correcting people when they think I'm the intern. So <laughs> <laughs> I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs>
What is uh, one piece of equipment that you have that you wouldn't do a session without? Oh, I was going to say Pro Tools, um, but I have had to do sessions without Pro Tools. So um, let's think. If I, it would depend on the session, but I use my AEA uh, SN, I think, 88 microphone. I've, I always just call it my AEA, but um, it's a stereo ribbon mic, and I use that nice. on everything. I use it. Piano, guitar, room mic, uh, opera vocals. Uh, I mean, not ukulele, but any, pretty much anything, <laughs> anything else. Um, I, yeah, I, I just love that drum room. Oh my gosh, sounds so good on drums. Um, yeah, I don't know that I've had a session in recent memory where I haven't used it. You know, other than like something like this, you know, <laughs> or it's a podcast. Awesome. Are, are you a total mic junkie? A little bit. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> spoiled. Like I came into the studio that has this really great collection of Neumann. And I mean, we it's we got like 40 different variations and multiples on each of those. So we can have things in stereo and quad. And it's yeah. So that That's this cool. being my first kind of studio that I'm working in, I've definitely got spoiled <laughs> by the mic selection. <laughs> That's amazing. I love going into old studios and seeing like some of the gear they have too and listening to the different mm -hmm. quality. You know, I came in like 20 years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, but, uh, so like having compression, you know, that was like really good, like warm mm -hmm. audio compressors, yeah. you know, and, and stuff. And then hearing like the plug-in ones and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Oh. Like, it's, it's, so you, you got, you got in this a little bit later than I did, but do you still have that like vintage? Like, oh, I love that vintage reverb sound and it's, you know, those kind of. A little bit. Yeah. So we um, have all uh, like top shelf mic pre's and then um, I've got like, a, I think, eight channels of tube pre compressors. Yeah. So I've got um, an HHB and it's behind me. So that's why I keep wanting to turn around to look at the number <laughs> <laughs> that I really like for uh, putting guitar and bass through um, as well. And yeah, exactly. It just adds so much to it. And I, I am a fan of compressing like vocals and bass, especially to tape. Um, but I also, I only have like three channels of compression so i do have to be really you know make choices about what do i want to use this on how can i get the most out of it um if i have a session with like 24 mics up or something i can't compress everything but right, yeah for sure. <laughs> exactly that's awesome so like with the way things are if you uh, we're going to give someone advice who's just starting out. So like I'm a teacher and I talk to, um, students who started school in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, do you have any like advice that you would want to oh. give to someone like that? Wow. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I would say that, um, I've noticed a lot of students are kind of getting creative with how they can make these, composite or like remote recordings happen together where everyone records their own part off on their own and then we splice them back together. And what's been really interesting is that I've seen a ton of people really getting used to working with click tracks because of that um, at a student level, which, you know, that's normally not as common. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think 
that they're going to have a really big advantage when they, you know, if they want to start getting into, you know, recording all the time, even, you know, just working with click tracks is good. Um, and making sure, you know, that you're a lot of students I've seen too, they'll have like a tuner on their music stand and be watching pitch because you can't hear your friends around you so you can't match their yeah. pitch as much especially like horn players and string players are doing this so okay. i think those sorry my child <laughs> so i think those two things are really gonna make some better musicians yeah i hadn't considered yeah. that at all i i didn't i've heard of people like kind of doing the piece together thing but i haven't actually seen it in practice so i'm interested to to see what kind of projects come out of it. I was just going to say, I think the click track thing is like really cool because now a lot of live musicians are using it to stay on yeah. because of playing or singing along with tracks too. Right. So that's been, I've watched in the last probably seven or eight years, a lot of musicians switch to, you know, having click tracks in their ears and stuff mm -hmm. and it makes the band so much tighter. Mm -hmm. It just does. Exactly. You know, but you can tell right away if someone's not used to it. Yes. Yeah. They get all freaked out and it's just like, they start like the, the one gets moved somewhere in their brain. So yep. yeah, yeah, it's so funny. So I have, but, yeah, I, I think that they're going to be really strong after this. So I don't know what they changed, but at my church job, uh, the click track was in my, um, my comms. And I was like, Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh. Like I, I cut to the beat, obviously, oh. but I was like, this is screwing my brain up. I can't. And I'm like, can you maybe please take that out? I don't know oh. what happened, but I can't do it. And they're like, you can just turn off oh. the program. And I'm like, no, I need this. I need the music, but the click track is going to kill me. Like I could not. Right. Yeah. Just pull that send down. Like I could <laughs> not do it. And it was so weird because they've never had it in there before. It was new. And I was like, you guys, it's too early for me, my brain to, like, function and make sense of what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I can't process that sound. <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> Audrey, do you have a go-to beverage? Coffee, for sure. <laughs> Coffee is the predominant yeah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, I bet I'm not alone in that. Like, yeah, pretty much I only drink coffee and water, mm -hmm. um, which is why I'm so chilled out. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if you get me, like, a, a, a specifically, let's do, like, a miel. So that is honey, cinnamon, and espresso, mm. full milk, super good. Um, and, like, a pumpkin chai latte. I'm about those, like, spicy kind yeah. of combinations yeah nice yeah so this is my time to shine with the with the psls everywhere <laughs> <laughs> i heard someone order a, a pumpkin spice latte uh, at starbucks like saturday and i'm like it is january <laughs> it is january yeah oh, is it that is it like around is, is it sticking around now? i don't know it's, it's like that yeah popular. there are some shops that just always have the flavor and lucky for me it's the shop that's closest to the studio and they've got a drive through and it's the perfect like <laughs> red light situation mm -hmm. so I don't have to wait for any traffic it's dangerous <laughs> when it all just works out like that you're like well these people are gonna know my face Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They, they totally do. And they're all musicians. So that's perfectly fine with me. And some of them have recorded at the studio. That's awesome. Like, you know, it's, it's Madison. That's great. 
<laughs> it's well, it's Madison. It's Madison. Right? Yeah, everyone's a musician here. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> what is uh, some advice you have for our listeners that you'd like to share with them? Yeah, I. I mean, I would say to always go for what ever opportunity, even if you don't think you 100% fit the bill. Um, there, there have been a lot of studies about like the types of people who go for certain jobs. And it's always that men will go for every opportunity, even if they only meet 30% of the criteria. But women aren't like that. And I've definitely noticed that in myself where like, I'll be looking at, you know, whatever posting for a gig and I'll be like, yep, I got that, 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 that. Oh, but I don't have that one down 100%. I'm not going to put my that is so foolish just put your name in there because you can learn that last bullet point you know they you know they could teach you you could ask someone who knows whatever like you know if someone wants to not give you an opportunity that's one thing but if you are telling yourself that you don't deserve an opportunity that is not okay and you should not do that to yourself that's wonderful. <laughs> Great advice. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Great advice. <laughs> Stuff I wish <laughs> I would have heard. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's things we learn from as we do the business, right? And be mm-hmm. able to pass it down to someone else. Exactly. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you bring it on interns and showing other people how to do that. So thank yeah. you so much for spending some time with us. And uh getting to know you a little bit. Well, yeah. Super fun. Thank you so much. Next time I'm in the Midwest, I'm coming to the <laughs> studio. That'll be fun. You should. And the it's so funny. So the woman who uh, is at the coffee shop is a huge Indigo Girls fan. And that's one of her influences. So I'm going to have to tell her that I spoke with you today. That's and awesome. she'll just freak out. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm also a huge fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Yes. (laughs) We're huge fans of yours. So thank you so much, Audrey, for spending time with us. Thank you so much. It was awesome to get to see the little inside of your studio too. Oh, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) For an acoustic studio, we have a lot of acoustic or electric guitars. I don't know. Nice. They just keep. I noticed those earlier. I was like, oh, they keep multiplying. That's all right, though. It's cold. What else are you going to do up there? At least they're not disappearing. <laughs> so as long as more are appearing, I'm okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> as we wrap up, we wanted to remind you that in the Sound Girls Living History Project, there are some great oral history interviews to listen to, like this one with concert sound engineer Michelle Shabolchik Petnato. For three decades, Michelle has worked for musicians and bands including the Spin Doctors, Janet Jackson, Indigo Girls, Jewel, Gwen Stefani, Kesha, Mr. Big, Goo Goo Dolls, Styx, Elvis Costello, and more. And in 2013, she co-founded Sound Girls. The interview was done by Carolyn Losneck, an independent documentarian filmmaker, record producer, and installation artist. Here's a little bit from the interview with Michelle. During the show, I have to take a step back and remind myself to listen to it as music, not all these individual things, because that's what the audience is doing. They're listening to it as music. And it's hard for me to go see a concert and not be like, 
oh, those toms are too loud, the gates are too tight or whatever, you know, like I pick out this stuff and I have to kind of force myself to sit back and be like a listener, not a mixer. Be sure to catch the full interview along with all the other living history interviews on the Sound Girls website or YouTube channel. If you're looking for more to listen to, here's what some of our friends in the podcasting community have in store for you. Find them all over on audiopodcast.org. Have a great week, everyone. Hi, this is Michael Helms, host of the Location Sound Podcast. Recently, I spoke with production sound mixer and sound designer Pamela Shing Berman, based out of Los Angeles, California. She talks about pivoting during COVID-19 and producing content for She Votes and also her involvement with women in audio. Check out the latest episode.